is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm not sure that I agree that there are signs in Europe of economic strength. There are signs in the United States, perhaps. There's no free lunch. You can't have higher wages and maintain profit margins and keep low inflation. The economy has not been very evenly distributed, and the people left behind have been really more or less the middle class and lower middle class people. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance, we welcome you uh, worldwide on economics, finance, investment, on international uh, relations, and moments on international investment. David Harrell, one of our most popular uh, guests will join us. Michael McKee and Tom Keen in Europe. Bloomberg Radio Plus, Bloomberg.com worldwide. Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 99.1 FM Washington. Mike, did they get snow in Washington? I don't think so. No snow in Washington. No snow in Washington. It's, uh, it's Boston. Boston. going to be hit today. Seriously. We Just don't a make... reminder of what they didn't have this year, and they're, they're, we should be very glad about that yes, compared we, to last year. We got a, not, I'd, I'd say a dusting, but it was more like a slushiness. It wasn't even uh, a dusting. Here in, I mean, yeah. we saw some flakes. We saw some flakes. Uh, as well, we say good morning because 960 the Bay Area where they don't have these discussions. Uh, as well, Bloomberg Surveillance is always brought to you by Cone Resnick, accounting tax advisory. Cone Resnick will provide your business with the industry insight it needs to succeed in a dynamic economy. Sign up for insights and find out how at coneresnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. Coneresnick, uh, dot com. So we begin a week. It's a very quiet week. The the the, the markets are there, but it's a four day, four day work week. Mike, let's line up the economic calendar um, as well. Uh, we got existing home sales today. Oh, okay. Well, we got the economic data uh, there right now. Let's go to David Harrow of Oakmark. David, good morning. Good morning, Tom. And everyone saw that big badger win last night. We saw that badger yeah. win. Yeah, uh, hurt my bracket. Just yeah. killed it, Xavier. Done, uh, David. Um, you have a, a sterling track record, and as you know, every X number of years, everything goes wrong. You've had that from November into February. When you're down twenty four percent on Oakmark International, which is you know bad, but you've been through this before. Is it the mother of all buying opportunities for you right now, or do you sort of collect it and wait for some recovery? No, it certainly becomes a buying opportunity. I mean, we really have this abrupt downdraft in global share prices from that time period you you mentioned. And, of course, everyone gets panicky, and they think the world's coming to an end. And, and really, what we see is the world isn't coming to an end. I mean, you have corporate companies still reporting acceptable earnings. You have the strong – the consumer is very strong globally. Uh, in the United States, they have – have uh, money in the bank, they have low energy costs, they have low interest rates, we're into close to full employment, same thing with Germany, same thing with the United Kingdom, same thing with Japan. There are problems, there are macroeconomic issues, but the world isn't going to hell in a handbasket, and what we saw in those share markets is people's uncertainty and fear were manifesting themselves in lower share prices. And you can see since that February low, you know, a lot of these markets bounced. We bounced quite strongly. Um, but what you do is you try to take advantage of people's insecurity, people's inability to read through fundamentals and act through emotion, and that's something, sadly, we could take advantage of are as we, long-term investors. 
Are, are we confident that this will last, though, that you can take advantage of it? Or is the world still such an uncertain place that uh, the fear could come back at any moment? Michael, the world is always uncertain, and the fear is always going to come back. But what we have to hang our head on is valuation. And you look at what you're buying. You're buying a stream of cash flow that a company generates and earns, earns and generates. And as long as we're able to pay a reasonable or low price for that stream of cash flow, I feel good. If I'm forced to pay high prices, if you have euphoric markets and unreasonable prices, that is actually, as a long-term value investor, that's what upsets me. When you have the opposite, when you have fear and unreasonable low prices, as a value investor, I feel pretty good. Even though the environment that caused the prices to be low is one that is unsettling and distasteful for many. David, you've been visible in the ownership of European banking shares for, I'm going to say, in excess of a decade. Can you reaffirm your enthusiasm that they'll finally get their act together? Yeah, you're right, Tom, on and off. And we really started the overweight during the financial crisis, and then they did quite well, so we trimmed back, and we're probably a little underweight. And then came the Greek crisis when the shares uh, collapsed literally because of their holdings of sovereign debt and the fear by many that Spain and Portugal and Italy would default. Well, of course, that didn't happen, and so then then um, yeah, that actually worked out quite well. And now here we go again in the beginning of this year, in particular with the low to negative interest rates and the narrowing spreads. People believe that you should not be in European banks, and we feel the exact opposite, that these banks are selling that. Many of them are selling right. that. Uh, the okay, but I'm going to cut you off. Uh, David, I'm going to cut you off. I never ask you about individual companies. Forget about it. Break the rule. It's like the Packers winning. Right, can you buy Deutsche Bank here? Uh, I can, but I have uh, better quality banks at lower prices, notably BNB Paribas. Thank you. you know, if you're looking at a European commercial bank, they are extremely well run, extremely well capitalized. They had the banana peel with the U.S. fine, mm-hmm. but they really are a solid, yeah. strong European bank and with a good capital position. Did, did you I see would how, rather buy that. Did you see how rude I was there, Mike? Yeah. It was well, like a level of Monday rudeness. Tom, it's all right, Tom. It's all right. <laughs> it's, it's, Tom, it's Tom's lousy bracket Monday rudeness. <laughs> Xavier. I, the Badgers. I, I, I'm curious, though, about what you said about Deutsche Bank. Um, when you mentioned it, uh, you could – but would you, given what they have been through? There are a lot of people questioning the value in Deutsche right now. Well, you know, Deutsche Bank is just, you know, to me, it doesn't have the strong capital position that, say, I'm going to, we also own Intesa Sao Paulo and Lloyds Bank. And these are commercial banks that have good business models, good positions, and a strong, visible capital positions. Deutsche Bank may have that, but it's harder for us to ascertain. So why go for something that's so harder to ascertain when I could have a higher degree of certainty with some of these other European financials that are selling out well below tangible book value? Who else, uh, as long as we're talking European banks, who, who else is doing well, and, and is there anybody you'd avoid? Well, I mean, 
I would say avoid you know, the ones we don't own. <laughs> Maybe not because, you know, we're overweight banks. I wouldn't add another bank here. We're probably you know, one or two points overweight banks. We have enough. We have exposure. We're overweight because we think we could find good quality financial institutions selling at low prices. Mm. And, you know, we've owned Credit Suisse for a long time. It has not worked. It's been a drag on our numbers. But they're going through this transition plan. They are now uh, well capitalized. They have a good plan to sell off their universal bank. They're going to focus on wealth management. So, you know, these, some of these things really take a long time to work, and hopefully, and I do believe it will. But, you know, we've certainly yeah. been wrong. On the other hand, some of these banks, I mentioned in Tessa Sao Paulo, you know, when we bought heavily in the first crisis, it's, it's probably right. up one and a half times. One that's missing in the Harrow wisdom, and correct me <clears throat> if I'm wrong, is Consumer stocks that with their ample cash flows, I mean, Velspar taken out by Sherwin Williams over the weekend, and there's Colgate, Palmolive, and Nestle maybe in your world, David. Are they just so overpriced you can't own the consumer cash flows? Yeah, what's happened in these periods of economic and global political fright is people flock to those consumer discretionary stocks, like a Nestle, like some of the uh, drinks companies, Pernod, Diageo, Unilever. And as a result of this, you're paying too much in our view for insurance. We have a little bit of Nestle. It's a good company, but it just doesn't have that big upside. It's not selling at a depressed valuation. Mm. Now, some of the consumer um, discretionary, I meant to say consumer staples earlier, some of the consumer discretionary stocks, some of the luxury goods stocks, like a Keering, like a Richmond, like a Daimler. Um, now, these stocks have actually been hit pretty hard and are selling at attractive valuations. So I think those are the stocks in the consumer sector to keep an eye on, the ones that are selling at attractive valuations. Remember, the global consumer is in good shape. The global mm. consumer is, uh, we have low unemployment rates, lower, uh, I think the UK I just saw was at a 10-year low, the Germany rates at a low since reunification. Um, you know, the consumer isn't bad, especially with these low energy prices and low interest rates. Have you gotten over the Broncos beating the Packers 29 to 10? I've gotten over that. You, you know, as a Packer fan, you have learned, you have learned long and hard to take these lumps. <laughs> there was. And what's really disappointing was the play of the quarterback. I mean, who knows what was going on? Now, there was a receiver problem, but still yeah. there was something else. Ancient, ancient history with David Harris. <laughs> the yeah. Broncos went on to have yeah. an okay season. Yeah. So I had to bring that up just to get them going. David Harrow with us with Oakmark. We'll continue this discussion, an important discussion on American investment. Futures up to. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines, Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Barack Obama is in Havana, where today he will sit down with President Raul Castro. President Obama is the first U.S. president to visit Cuba in nearly 90 years. Tomorrow, his visit continues with a major speech, and after that, the president will leave for Argentina. Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton will address the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee today. They will meet in Washington tonight. The conference hears from Republican candidate Donald Trump. About 40 rabbis say they plan to boycott Trump's appearance with AIPAC, saying it poses political, moral, and even spiritual quandaries. The head of Australia's main stock exchange has resigned. 
amid an investigation into allegations that a gaming firm he once ran made a bribery payment several years ago to the family of Cambodia's Prime Minister. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael, thanks so much. Uh, West Texas, 39.24, down all of 20 cents. We are with David Harrow of Oakmark Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance, brought to you by SSNC. They are the future of fund administration. <laughs> 